the In Conversation podcast series, with author, Nigel Beckles. Welcome to the podcast. podcast. Please like the podcast, podcast. and subscribe podcast. to this channel. Podcast. Thank you. Have you experienced several failed relationships or been through a divorce? How can you avoid making the same mistakes again? How to avoid making the big relationship mistakes is out now. Hi, my name is Nigel Beckles. My new book is packed with practical and common sense strategies that you can use to make better relationship choices. Now you can discover the dangerous myths about love. If your relationship expectations are realistic, why you could be falling in love for all the wrong reasons. How to avoid making the big relationship mistakes. It's a book that could change your life. Available from Amazon.co.uk. Kindle version also available. When the mood is right, a poetry journey and mood swings by Queen P. Available on Amazon and all good bookstores. The Royal Affair by Queen P. Dim the lights. Sit back, relax, and breathe. You have entered into the royal affair. Queen P. Poetry Podcasts. Available now, 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 now. The royal affair. Ow. Ow. Ouch. Experiencing back problems? Invest in Avoca Posture Corrector today. Available from Amazon and all good chiropractor specialists. Order yours today, 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 today. The very best way to promote your podcasts. Podpage makes it easy to create a podcast website with just a few clicks. Every page is optimized to be found on Google and it stays up to date forever. For more information visit podpage.com. The future of podcast promotion. Get ready for takeoff. Welcome back to my In Conversation podcast series. My guest for this episode is a man who is very passionate about his work. Mindset coach, American Paul Fortune. Hi, Paul. Welcome to my podcast series. How are you? I'm well, Nigel. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. You are very welcome. So where are you residing at the moment? I'm residing in uh, Southern California in the United States, Long Beach, California. Hmm, How is it out there? It's beautiful. 80 degrees today it's going to be, so it's going to be a great day. I I think I'm going to later on today play a little uh, twilight golf. I understand you were born with cerebral palsy. How does that affect people? Well, it happens at, at labor. It's lack of oxygen to the brain. And as a result of this lack of oxygen to the brain at labor, it can lead to one side of the body paralyzed. And this is permanent. This does not go away. And it also can affect your speaking abilities, depending on what caliber of cerebral palsy you have. There's different severities of it. And the higher severity, the worse it can be, you know, wheelchair bound, not being able to speak. It's a pretty tough, tough uh, disability. So how did your parents discover you had cerebral palsy? So when I was born, uh, as an infant, I wasn't moving the right side of my body very much. So my mom obviously was worried about that and uh, took me to the doctors to get some testing done. And it came back that I I did suffer from cerebral palsy. And at the time, the doctors thought it was so severe that they told my mom that I wouldn't be able to walk. And when I got to a certain age, it would be a good idea to get me used to being in a wheelchair because that was going to be my future. 
So how did your mum react to that news? How did your mum react to the diagnosis? She didn't take that diagnosis and, and, and went with that. She got a second, third, fourth, fifth, finally found a physician that was willing to, to help me and felt like there was something that could be done. So that's basically when my intense journey of physical therapy started. And by his help, I was able to walk at age three. So that is all done by my mom, because if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be able to walk today because at the time she was my voice because I wasn't able to talk at that time. She was my voice and said, no, my son's going to be able to walk. And uh, I, I can't thank her enough for that. So how old were you when you realized you had the condition? I mean, really understood the ramifications of your situation. Probably when I was about four or five, I was put into soccer. And at the time, I could only run 25 to 50 yards. And these other kids are running laps around the soccer field, actually playing soccer. And I'm basically standing there. And I remember going to my, back to my mom saying, this is ridiculous. I'm just standing here. I'm not doing, I'm not playing soccer. I don't want to play soccer anymore. These kids are making fun of me. I'm looking like a fool out here. And my mom told me, if you don't want to play soccer anymore, that's okay. But you have to honor your commitments. You have to finish out the soccer season. So that's what I did. I finished out the soccer season. And I haven't played soccer since. So what type of treatment did you actually receive then to kind of improve what was happening with you? So I was going to physical therapy probably five to six times a week. And we would do band stretching for the right side. I would do swimming, anything to strengthen the right side of my body. We were doing maybe a little bit of light weights, a lot of ball movements, different stuff that I could do on a daily basis to strengthen the muscle on the right side so that that atrophy wouldn't set in and I would be able to have as much movement as possible on the right side of my body. So it was pretty intense for the first 10 years of my life. So what is your situation health-wise at the moment? At the moment now, I'm pretty, uh, pretty active. I've ran marathons. I keep things in perspective. I can't type that well on my right side because my motor skills on my right side aren't that great, but I get by, you know, with the typing that I can do. It's not that big a deal, especially with technology now. People type less and less now. There's so much different technology you can use. So there's not too much limitations on me uh, now uh, as there were when I was growing up. There were several limitations on me when I was growing up, but I was able through good mindset and different things. I was able to get past a lot of that and live an active life now. Well, you're currently a mindset coach. What Mm -hmm. does a mindset coach actually do? Well, what I like to tell people is I like to help people rewrite their story so they can take control of their lives. I want people to be able to grab that pen back and write their story because it's their story alone to write because all through my childhood People wanted to write my story for me as an infant, saying I wasn't going to be able to walk. I was bullied and teased in school quite a bit. You know, I I had to go through a whole whole lot and people, you know, put all these limitations on me that I couldn't play baseball. I couldn't do this. I couldn't do that. And all through that, all through, all through my life, I did not let go of my pen. And that's really what I I do for my clients is I try to break those limited beliefs because we say things to ourselves that a lot of times we wouldn't even say to our worst enemies, but we say to ourselves all the time, and that's not okay to do. The person that we need to love the most is ourselves because 
once you love yourself deep down, truly love yourself, warts and all, not who you were in the past, not who you think you should be in the, in the, in the future, who you are right this moment. And once you do that, then you can take on the task that you want to do, whether it be a goal, whether it get over a problem, whatever it is, self-love is the key. And that's the teachings of my whole coaching program. Well, I like the fact you mentioned self-talk because it can be constructive or it can be destructive. In fact, I have a book here called What to Say When You Talk to Yourself, which I do refer to from time to time. But when your clients approach you or your potential clients approach you, what type of issues are they seeking to resolve? It's across the board, different stuff. I mean, people come to me who, who have maybe some mental or physical limitations and, they, and they're having a hard time coping with it because they're focusing on what other people can do and not focusing on what they physically can do. That comes up quite a bit in my coaching program. Uh, other people, it's business professionals that are like overwhelmed. They're trying to... Uh, climb the co- corporate ladder, but they also have, have you know, kids that they, they're dealing with, a spouse, and they're having a hard time balancing it and feeling guilty sometimes that they're spending too much time with work and neglecting their kids. So I got a lot of that. I got uh, moms that don't work and, you know, they take care of their kids and they feel they don't have the self-worth because they're not out contributing, but, you know, they actually are because they're helping their kids. I have stay-at-home dads that I work with, same thing. They're like, oh, I'm not contributing. My, my wife does. So it's across the board, different, different stuff. But they're all amazing in their own different ways. Nothing's wrong with them. They just need a, that little bit of push to get them to where they need to go. Well, that's certainly a wide variety of people. How do you suggest those with a challenging situation maintain a positive mindset? Well, it starts with uh, routines that you can put into place. And one of the things that I have my clients do, every single one of them, and I do it myself, when you wake up in the morning before you start your morning routine, whatever that morning routine is for you, take a few minutes and sit there or lay there, whatever, and think about what is going well in your life right this moment. It could be your job. It could be your family. It could be your friends. It could be your sense of humor. And if you're having a bad day, it could be, hey, I'm alive and I can continue on with my life, whatever it is. Focus in on something positive because if you do that, you start to pick up good things that happen in your day. It could be something like on your phone. Oh, I just got a thing saying free coffee. Oh, the day keeps getting better and better and better because you can go the opposite way, right? You could be driving to work and get a flat tire and go, just my luck. This would happen to me. Bad things do happen to me. I would get a flat tire. And I would say to that person, yeah, bad things do happen to you because you're looking out for the bad things to happen. How often when you buy a car and all of a sudden you're driving around, you see that same car all over the place. Your mind is looking for it. It's the same thing with the positive and negative mindset. If you're looking for positive things, you'll see positive things. If you're looking for negative things, you'll see negative things. So the first thing that we need to do in in my practice is we need to see more positive things because more positive things are going to happen for you. Well, my personal philosophy is maintain an attitude of gratitude. There's always something to be grateful for. There's always something you can find to complain about. 100%. I totally agree with you. And and that's what we need to focus on on a daily basis. It sounds easy. It's not. It's simple, but it's not easy. Because when you're in the throes of life and things are thrown at you, you get thrown off, your mind gets thrown off, but you got to go back to the basics. And it's all about 
mindset and feeling grateful for the things that you have that are good right this moment. And it can be tough sometimes because things are going to be thrown at you that are going to be hard to deal with. But if you want to change your mood, that is the easiest way to do it is think about what you're grateful for. And I don't want to tell your audience that being angry or sad, don't be angry or sad. We're all human beings, right? We're going to have those feelings. You're entitled to feel angry and sad. I'm not telling you to bottle it up. If you have those feelings, feel it. But there's going to be a time in your life where you're going to say to yourself, I don't want to be angry anymore. I don't want to be sad anymore. And that's when you start the gratitude practice. So, Paul, how can people reach out to you? Uh, the easiest way to reach out to me is through my website, Coach, And I have a free guide on how you can be able to rewrite your story. It's free. You can just go on my website and pick it up. And I just started a Facebook group, Rewrite Your Story. And it's just a bunch of people that we just inspire each other. We lift each other up when they're down, celebrate them when they're doing something great. It's just a great support group that I just started. Rewrite your story. Love to have you guys be involved in that. It's a fun little group that we started. All in California, USA. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much, Nigel. Please follow author Nigel Beckles podcasts on Anchor, Amazon Audible, Spotify, and all major podcasting platforms. Thanks.